Hello, yes, we are spilling the majesty. It is with your Royal Highness, Kinsey Schofield, in Los Angeles. And Christo Fufas, you are live from Buckingham Palace. My, You're my majesty. Why did I get a royal title? You're your Royal Highness. I'm just Christo Fufas. Oh, my I said word. You're, I did say you're I'm my like, majesty. I'm like, I'm like Archie and Lilibet before... <laughs> The titles. Oh my gosh! Uh, I guess so. Well, um, you are my prince. I'm your queen. I'm your queen. Well, babe. you've always I'm been your my queen. queen. My queen. Li live from London, which is why people love listening to us because you have the London perspective. I have the LA perspective, and um, what that equals is joy and humor. And a lot of positive feedback on the um, podcast so far. Um, so it was kind of, I'd say, it was a slower. Newsweek in the royal sphere. Um, I, I, I guess I still ha did a couple of interviews, but they were about things that were kind of silly. And I, I want to give you an example and just get your take on this. What I was asked about today was the idea that Camilla was behind the Frogmore eviction. What is your take? Well, actually, coincidentally, um, we have found out as well in the last couple of days, one of the stories was that Prince William was saying how sad it was that there was still so much homelessness, which I did wonder whether he was referring to his brother at that point when it came to Frogmore <laughs> Cottage. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because Camilla is absolutely slated in Spare. Um, it, it's made absolutely clear that Harry suspects that she is the source of many of the royal leaks that... Um, the private email correspondence that suddenly ends up in the public domain. He, he doesn't actually directly say Camilla spilled the beans, but he says you know, Camilla's office knew and um, it ended up in the public. So he, he, he joins the dots. So uh, she may well be out for vengeance. I don't know. You really do. But you also... really, really think so. Cause I, I, you know, my reaction to that was kind of like, what a silly story. I said, Camilla has had to deal with worse in the form of Princess Diana, in the form of being called the Rottweiler. Remember the stories that that Charles says aren't true. But do you remember the stories that circulated in the 90s about people throwing loaves of bread at her in the grocery store because they hated her so much because of the stories Diana was leaking to the media? I mean... I don't I don't think that Camilla has to be vengeful. She is the queen consort and or queen, as we'll discuss later. She's the queen consort. She got everything she wanted. And I don't think that Harry is as powerful, is as, you know, I think he's um, an inconvenience. But does he affect her the way that Di the Diana saga affected her? I don't I don't know, Christo. But she is queen now she is in charge she rules the roost i mean the other option i don't know if i'm 100 convinced that it's camilla i would perhaps be more convinced that it's william because william is furious william is absolutely fuming and i think that he's also very angry with megan and i don't think he i, I think that he would feel better as a result of that it could just be as well that they just didn't want some derelict building on on Windsor. I'm not talking about Camilla now, but they wouldn't want a derelict building on Windsor that's just like sat there ready for when they want to deem themselves uh, appropriate to come for a visit. 
And of course, you know, whether they come for the coronation or not, that will just continue to be something we'll debate probably until the day of the coronation. I was on uh, a TV show earlier and I said that I would bet with my, every breath in my body that they will obviously be there. But I wonder if it is William. I wonder if William was like, no, you know what? No special dispensation. Uh, we want we want them gone. And I don't what about... What about the safety issue we've heard about? Harry has, um, according to, to according to people that actually served the royal family in a sec security capacity, they've said that Harry's, um, you know, a liability to the family now because of the statements he's made in his book that, you know, William's family recently relocated to the Windsor estate. What if he truly is a liability and he puts William's family in danger? Well, in fairness, the fact that they have relocated to the Windsor estate, you're right to bring that up. That 100% tells me that William wants to bump into them. Oh, hi. <laughs> Who uh, wants to? You're just, try you're just trying to get the mail. You're trying to walk to the mailbox to get the mail. That's not who you're exactly. trying to run into. And then suddenly there's an accusation of racism or, I don't know, the dog bowl will attack Harry. Again, do you remember when Harry was attacked by a dog bowl, which was oh, unbelievable right. because... His brother didn't just push him over. His brother viciously pushed him over into a dog bowl, which left a mark on his back. And he was traumatised and he's never been able to feed a dog since. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to bump into him. I would no way want to bump into him. But I'm not sure I'd want to bump into her either. So um, I would think that, that William is 100% behind it. Uh, but also, when it comes to the security, I have always said, and... You know, I, I like to think I'm, that, that we're pretty fair in our reporting of this. I think it was wrong that the royals pulled Harry's security. Mm. I, I do. Because however loathsome he may be, however much he might try and Even monetize... Even if he left everything. the country, he, he's in a foreign country. You think that it's that they should still be paying for him in America? Yeah. Wow. Because wherever he is in the world, he will always be the son of the king. And that will always make him a target, even if he says, I want to step back from royal duties. I believe Andrew deserves royal security because they will always be terrorist targets. And I would rather stomach the bill for their security than give the Taliban or any other kind of terrorist organisation the win of hurting them in some way. So I always thought that that was a mistake and I thought it was it was unfair. But no, he's not helped himself, has he? I mean, 12 Taliban. It was 12 was his number. That was number 25. 12. 25. 25. 25 was his number. Oh. Yeah, I mean, bragging about killing Taliban is not the smartest move. But we've always we've spoken about this before. Harry is as thick as two short planks. <laughs> he is. He's so unbearably stupid that um, that is the problem. William... He's got a couple of brain cells. He's probably one of the smartest. Even Charles, not that bright. Do you remember the story of when he took a, a Fortnum and Mason carrier bag full of euros That's and just like, happily accepted story. them? How thick do you have to be to do that? Queen, she was quite sharp. She was yes. quite smart. But when you have had um, every single thing done for you in your life, you know, to the point where you literally have the toothpaste put on your toothbrush. You don't develop you, in your you know, brain. He, that only happened when his arm was hurt from a polo thing, that uh, a polo oh, incident. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. But he could do. He could ask for it. Like, if I was royal and I could have someone. Christo, but, but, I know you. I know your husband. And I've witnessed certain things. Can I have a glass of water? Can I have a, can yeah. I have a spot of tea? Do you want to... <laughs> Wait, exactly. I've seen it. You are, you are royal. Well, could you imagine what I would be like if I was actually royal? I would probably be sitting here in my own excrement because I would just <laughs> never have to move. I'd be like, why me? Don't, I don't ever want to move. You can, uh, I, I will have everything done for me. It would be brilliant. I'd probably be urinating right now on myself <laughs> because I, it would be fine. I wouldn't have to do anything. I wouldn't have to do anything. And the point is, when you have had that level of coddling, when you have that level of service all your life, you, you don't actually have to learn to do anything. So therefore, they don't end up very smart. It always be almost becomes sort of, uh, 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 codependent, it becomes self-fulfilling yeah. the, the more you do for them, the less they need to learn to ever do which is why you have Andrew, again, not the sharpest tool in the box deciding that he's going to be best friends with a total pedo, I mean how stupid do you have to be? How oh, stupid? I, hey, quickly, I you and I um, have we're going to talk about Fergie next episode, so I've been doing some Fergie research mm -hmm. Fergie had a relationship, friendship with Jeffrey Epstein, too. Am I wrong? Like, I, I was kind of thinking, how did Fergie not get swept up in this, except she's not technically a member of the royal family anymore. But it's my understanding that she borrowed money from Epstein. So how are we so forgiving of Fergie and we're so critical of Andrew? Am I making this up or is there a history there? I, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Is there anyone Fergie hasn't borrowed money off? I mean, Fergie's probably borrowed money off everyone. Of course she has, because she is absolutely terrible with money. I, I heard a story once, and I can't remember who it was, of someone who... Uh, was owed money by Fergie and she had like carrier bags full of, of, of cash, actual hard currency because and she just had it all stashed in her room because like, I, I think that they just have this life. I've told you the story as well of my friend that was owed money by her and, and, and wait, um, save it for our Fergie podcast. All right, I'll save it for Fergie when we yeah, do that's that. A, but, that's but, what we but, call a deep tease in the industry. Yeah. If you want the Fergie story, you got to listen to that next week's episode. All right, Kinsey, question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you apologized to Ngozi Falani for anything today? Today? No, 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 no. Yesterday? I mean, I. it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, no, not technically, but she's high maintenance, Christo. It's just high maintenance. She, she needs a lot of apologies. I really just find myself asking, has anyone apologized to Ngozi Falani today, <laughs> yesterday, in the last couple of days? I think it's very important that the the I wonder if we should have some sort of shift system where just at some point someone has to offer her an apology constantly, every day. And then Do she's being apologized to. Do you remember that segment um, that it's not really a segment? Do you remember that skit from Saturday Night Live where the guy would look in the mirror and be like, I am strong. I am loved. I am. Yeah. I feel like every day we should wake up and just apologize to Ngozi Falani for something like that should be our affirmation. She just she needs a lot of apology. Some people need a lot of love. Some people need, you know, a lot of of of, of reassurance. She's a woman that needs a lot of apology. She needs a lot of apologies. Oh. You know, even a, even a public apology by the king 
It's not enough. She needs more apology than that. That is a high maintenance level of apology. It's true. It's true. Hopefully one day she's fully satisfied. She's fully apologized too. She's she is fully <laughs> because that is a lot of apology for Ngozi Fulani. She needs an awful, awful lot. And of course, Harry and Meghan still want their apology as well, don't they? Of course, yeah. Well, you know, just honestly, to be serious for a second, even though that was very funny, it's it's like that was, I would say, one of the first um negative, really negative headlines in the King Charles reign. And he shut it down immediately because William and Catherine were in the air to Boston, about to land. He did not want it to overshadow that trip. But in the in the history books, in the history books, that was over and it was quickly resolved. It's like, is she just mad? Does she just want to continue to be relevant? I mean, truly, it, that that chapter was done and over with. And so it's, it's amazing to me that she wants to continue to to fight this or to, to, to be in the limelight about a subject that was so quickly squashed. Well, you know, I think, don't you? You know, what you, I think. Yeah, you. She's trying to get on dancing, dancing with the stars. stars. Strictly come dancing. She wants to be. You know, like I just, I, I, I just think that. And then, I don't know. Did we discuss this before that she would come and do her first dance would be to Madonna's "Sorry." Oh no! Then this is great. You've got it all figured out. She would. She would do that. I'm gonna look up. Actually, that's a good. That's a good point. Um. I'm going to look up songs with the word sorry, the sorry by Justin Bieber. Oh, I love that. So that could be one of her. There are a hundred songs with sorry in the title. Did you know that? No, I didn't. So there's all sorts. Sorry, Justin Bieber. Hard to say I'm sorry by Chicago. That's a great song as well. Sorry by Beyonce. Then, could you imagine every single week dancing to Beyonce's Sorry, it's a Gozi Fulani. Dancing to Justin Bieber's Sorry, it's a Gozi Fulani. <laughs> dancing to Sorry, not Sorry, Demi Lovato. It's a Gozi Fulani every single week. That's what I think that she should do. I think that that is a ratings guarantee, guys. She's got a hundred different songs. I'm sorry, Hall of Oats. Can't Say I'm Sorry by Brian Rice. Almost Sorry, Scissor Sisters. Sorry Doesn't Always Make It Right. I mean, that would be her favourite. Sorry yeah. Doesn't Always Make It Right because Sorry clearly didn't make it right. That's uh, Diana Ross as well. Sorry by Tears for Fears. Um, God, there are so many sorries. So many sorries. So, uh, sorry by Grace Jones. Love Grace Jones. Sorry for love, Celine Dion. I mean, this is getting quite dull now because I'm just <laughs> listing songs with the word sorry in them. But I'm look, I'm, pa I'm planning it all out for her. You so are going to be the field producer. Like, you're going to be the one that, like, goes and gets the shots of her, like, at the salon getting her nails done for her big debut. Yeah. How, how, would, how would they introduce her? Because they always say, you know, when they're coming down the stairs, you know, dancing. The tango, it's TV presenter Christo Fufas. What would they say? Dancing, the 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 cha cha cha. Uh, what, what, would, what, would the, what would you what would you call her? What would I you say? She is currently unemployed right now. I guess they'd probably have to say activist. 
activist. Yeah. Activist and non-apologist. Cozy <laughs> <laughs> baloney. I do think the abuse she got was awful. Absolutely awful. But Christo, it's no different than the abuse you and I get. We get the same okay. we get the same thing. People say horrible stuff about us. I, I see it on the internet. So I well, mean, did someone, someone said you had horse teeth the other day. Do you so see that? I think they're pretty and they're mine. I think they're absolutely beautiful. I would kill for teeth like that. Look at my gaps. Oh, like you've got I, beautiful teeth. Thank you. Um, I sucked my thumb when I was a child, so they're a little <laughs> bit, you know, but whatever. Well, you know, there's worse things to suck on. That's true. <laughs> as a child as well. But speaking, anyway. Speaking of which, let's talk about Paul Burrell. He, um... Oh. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Was that segue too much? Yeah. No, it's it's fine. Uh, Paul Burrell this week has said that he believes that Prince Harry will come to King Charles' coronation alone because, in his words, Meghan Markle wasn't brave or strong enough to be there. Well, here's my... Here's, here's, I'm like, I kind of, I registered this and I thought... I feel like he's talking about the Oprah Meghan Markle, the Meghan Markle that talked about suicide, that talked about struggling with her mental health. Has he caught up? Because we're on to a different Meghan Markle these days. We're on to Netflix mm -hmm. Meghan Markle, you know, Vengeance Meghan Markle, Archetypes Meghan Markle, where she spent every single episode of her podcast settling scores. Um, you know, Spare felt like they were settling scores. I don't think we're dealing with the same Meghan Markle. If anybody was not brave enough, I think they're going to go. I mean, I think they're both going to be there at this point in time. Solely based on the titles thing, because obviously like, it's important that everybody know that they're royalty. But I, I think that if anybody was too afraid to go at this point in time, I think it would be Harry because he truly has been absolutely despicable over the last few months. I don't think Meghan Markle would be afraid to go. He he has been absolutely savage towards his family. But no, of course, they'll both go. They'll absolutely both go. If only to complain about not being in a seat that's close enough to goodness knows what. I mean, you know, they, they, he needs to do he needs to do spare too, doesn't he? Spared. Sparer. You know, the return of spare. He needs to do all of that. So he needs all the material for all of that. And the only thing that they can, the only thing that makes their stock worthwhile is being royal. The moment they lose that, they've lost everything. There'll be no more Netflix deals. There'll be no more book deals. And they'll, they need to spill the majesty. They need to go there and then have something to talk about in all the interviews afterwards about how hard done by they've been, because uh, I don't know, there wasn't a basket of fresh white puppies for Megan when she arrived. Um, <laughs> they, they, they'll, they've got to have something. This is their, this is their bread and butter. This is their money. This is their job. And what do you say to the Royal watchers that are so sick of the debate and, and think that the media is taking the attention off of Charles, and this should be all about King Charles right now and less about whether Harry and Meghan are going to show up. Well, they could just say that they are going to go. I mean, they shouldn't go. By the way, I don't think they should go. I think they should just do the right thing and just shut up and withdraw, and that's it. They've made enough money now. Or, you know, go back to earning a living that doesn't involve trashing your family. Maybe that would be 
an idea as well. So that would be the right thing to do. Um, it is diverting away from Charles, but then we saw it before because this is their job. They, they, they diverted away from the Queen's Jubilee, remember, because everyone was wondering whether they were going to be there, whether they were going to attend, whether they would bother, all of that sort of stuff. And then, so, the, Queen's, so, so, and then the Queen's funeral. Oh, Meghan's been uninvited. Uh, Meghan's been uninvited to be by the Queen's side, you know, for her final moments. I mean, do you remember yeah. that cycle? That news cycle was crazy. <laughs> How how did that, how did the Queen's dying moments become about Meghan? I mean, how did that actually happen? How and did that become? let me just become? forever remind everyone that Harry and Meghan were personally invited by the Queen to spend a few nights with her because they were in the, they were in the country for an award ceremony and a, and a, and a, and a I think a well child event. And they denied seeing her. She passes away. I mean, to, I will forever remind the world that they were invited to spend time with her days before she passed and they rejected the offer. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did because it, it wasn't in their interests to at that point. I think they also knew as well that the Queen herself was so popular that there was perhaps nothing in it for them in as much as, you know, because they were always very careful, actually, although they made her life an absolute living misery towards the end, um, you know, by proxy, by by virtue of all the trouble that they were causing, they've never actually directly bad-mouthed the Queen because they were clever enough not to. They oh, never yeah. Did. They, would, they um, tried to pretend like they had some super special relationship with her. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, what did she buy them? Didn't she buy them a gift for Christmas? A waffle maker a waffle or something. maker. But the story that they liked... Megan loved to tell the story about the Queen draping a blanket across her knee and then how she picked up the phone and called the queen when she found out Prince Philip was in hospital. Um, but appar apparently you still railed on them. <laughs> you know, you still, so yeah, obviously you didn't care. Right. But that is, that's a very cultural thing. When I, I, I remember from Spare, I really got the impression that, that there was definitely a part of what was, um, what, what I think increased the alienation Megan felt was, the definitely cultural divide between some Americans and British people. And as much as, um, you know, uh, Megan was sending notes to people that she'd never met before, saying that she really wanted to get to know them, bringing in muffins and presents for everyone. And, and, Writing and on bananas. Yeah, and, and, and it's like, but British people don't want that. We're, we're positively, we are a culture that, you know, if you're too friendly to me, I think there's something wrong with you. If I haven't got to know you, why, if people talk to you on public transport in the UK, we think that you have, like, mental health problems. Like, we're not a nation that is particularly enamoured with over-friendliness too early. And I think that definitely built up in Megan's head that everyone hated her. And then that made her probably want to do it more. And that made more people dislike her. And I think that that... Yeah, that is massively a root cause. And so oh. going back to your point, Go definitely ahead. like, oh, I'll ring the queen. I'll ring yeah. the queen. And the queen's like, well, why is she calling me? But let's, can we just be, can we be real for a second and acknowledge the yeah. fact that Megan was overly nice to people that she thought could help her. It was the people that were worked underneath her that according to Valentine Lowe and Tom Bauer and some of these other authors, Tina Brown, I even think says it, that she was not necessarily kind to. And so there was conflict there. Harry addresses people crying at their desks in spare. So I do think she's overly 
kind to people she needs something from, but I don't think she's necessarily that kind and sincere to people that work underneath her. And I think that that's where the problems really stem. Well, it's interesting that Harry doesn't didn't mind in spare actually saying that one of the gripes was that William said to him, Willie said to him, Megan's not nice. She's difficult. Now, why would he say that? Firstly, you know, because that's so negative, he's, he, either Harry's made that up completely or William did actually say that. Now, if William did actually say that, why would he say that? Well, yeah. Why would he say that if there isn't something and, and, that and is in it? And the fight was so passionate. The fight was so emotional. You have to believe that William believed what he was saying. Yeah, I, I agree. And also there, there, there's definitely more that I think has gone on with Kate that Ooh, we don't oh, really? know yeah i do i don't i don't know if i buy that it was all about lip balm i mean as much as you have educated mckinsey on the 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 etiquette of lip gloss which i was not aware of before um i've never applied any to my genitals though unless it was, you know, unless it was uh, uh elizabeth arden but um yeah i definitely think there's something more. i always got the impression when i read spare that there was the 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 kate thing we never actually got to the root of what it was the bridesmaid dress thing i mean was that really enough for them to actually start well, loathing each I, other we, we had heard before this and i don't even know how you would put this on paper without looking pathetic and small although that's never stopped them before yeah. we have heard that you know megan was heading to high street to do some shopping and Catherine was headed in the same direction and it hurt megan's feelings that Catherine didn't say come on why don't you come shopping with me so i do think that like what's really started the the whatever feelings of um unhappiness was that Catherine wasn't welcoming she didn't try to spend time with megan she did not try to uh you know, go shopping with her, invite her here, invite her there. I just think that, and, and I don't blame Catherine. She's a mother of three. At the time, I think she was incubating baby, but she was incubating baby number three. She's a human jungle gym to two children with one growing inside of her. She's taking care of a household. She's also continuing to do her, some of her royal duties balancing Harry's new girlfriend in the mix who they are not sure it, how like what the lifespan's going to be was probably not a priority to her she probably was busy with her family her duties and you know she's also continues to be extremely close to her real you know her her mom and her sister so yeah why would make like bringing Megan into the fold and trying to make her comfortable and develop a relationship with her i wouldn't make that a priority harry hasn't had girls that have lasted very long previously i think that they just thought she was a flash in the pan why invest that time well also as well it goes back to the point i was making that when someone is like oh my god i want to be your best friend let's be best friend let's hang out i'm going to go this way i want to come with you you're immediately a bit like oh god get away <laughs> go away from me and that probably all sort of fed into, oh, my God, they hate me from, from Megan. Like, yeah. when they first met, they speak in spare about how she was, like, barefoot, wearing ripped jeans and threw her arms around them. And, I mean, I think that they are the they are now the Prince and Princess of Wales. They were the, uh, uh, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. I don't know whether you you do that. And And she was saying you know like this terrible cuss remember when she was on the uh, uh netflix documentary that she thought 
that royal life was, you know, in front of the cameras, you're very stoic and you're very uh, upright and you're very reserved. But behind closed doors, they're like, oh, my God, yeah, let's party. Oh, amazing. You know, let's do a bong. Um, and they're not. They're just yeah. not. She couldn't get her head around that. She couldn't get her head around it. Well, I think where you're where you're strong in your argument there is cultural differences. I think it really yeah. boils down to that a lot. And I think I think it, in fairness to Megan, I don't think that's all her fault. I think that 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 she clearly is um, very over friendly, as you say, to people who can help her. Very over friendly uh, in that way that she wants to be your friend. And also, I think that she is. She then. It, it spiraled for her and she probably was then in harry's e ear hole the whole time oh my god they don't like me oh my god they didn't come up and say hello to me oh my god why weren't they nicer to me oh my god kate was funny what about my lip gloss oh uh, all of that sort of stuff and, and and harry's just getting it in his ear hole the whole time well i song. took a i took a comment you made on your radio show and your your tv show two weeks ago and i dropped it in my podcast this week you talk you talked about how you know, you're talking about the ADHD thing, but ADHD aside, you said you were lucky enough to have a partner that wasn't gasoline on an open flame that pulled you yeah. back and said, are you responding rationally to this? What, like, let's get in tune with your emotions. And you said that maybe Harry didn't have the luxury of having somebody that does that for him. Maybe Harry, it, you know, is encouraged to kind of freak out about certain things um, that aren't necessarily that big of a deal. And I thought that that was a really good point that you made yeah absolutely i think adhd for some people you've definitely got a streak of narcissism in as much as you can catastrophize injustice against yourself that was the point i was making it's it's called a it's called a hyper uh, uh i think it's hypersensitivity dys, dys, dysphoria or something like that i think it's called where you are hypersensitive to um what you perceive to be injustice towards uh, yourself and um, and there's a streak of narcissism in there. Now, when you've got two narcissists together, which I think you do with Harry and Meghan, absolutely. And when she's also thinking that she's the centre of the universe, I think you're quite right that, that, that I'm really lucky in as much as I've got a husband who is, you know, well, he thinks I'm completely cuckoo. And he actually says that to me. He's like, right, are you being cuckoo? Are you actually thinking this through? Are you doing the right thing? Take a breath. You know, don't be so angry, blah, blah, blah. And it's great because I need that. And that's love. Whereas, yeah, I think that that she's very much like, oh, you're right. I mean, it's also the perfect combination. All these gripes Harry's had secretly when he says to her, you know, I got the terrible room at Sandringham a few years ago. Well, Harry, that means they all hate you. Yeah. Oh, and, and you remember, and there was a time six years ago where William took the mickey out of me snoring and he couldn't hear me through the thick walls. That's because he hates you, Harry. That's because he's against you, Harry. You know, all of that stuff. All of that stuff, definitely. Right. The snoring thing I can't get over. I really can't. Okay, I am going to, because we're we're about to wrap up, but I wanted, I should have done this earlier. Yeah. Um, you have this story you added this story about william says princess diana would be disappointed at the level of homelessness now i saw a friend of mine on twitter make note of the fact that this is the second time in the last two weeks that william has mentioned princess diana and her argument is why are they mentioning Princess Diana so often in the lead up to King Charles's coronation? Is that inappropriate? Is there any intention behind it? Or is it just 
somebody not thinking things all the way through. I appreciate what William says. I understand why he's saying it. Do you think that this it's ill-advised to be bringing up Diana so often in the lead up to King Charles's coronation? Uh, no, I don't. I think if it is strategic, I think it could just be coincidence. But if it is strategic, it's probably to remind the world that he's Diana's son as well as Harry. Ooh, yeah. Because we've heard an awful lot over the last couple of weeks about how, you know, all last few weeks, really, few months, really, about how, you know, all Harry's doing. I actually have this argument again today in the TV debate I did. You know, all Harry's doing is carrying on Diana's legacy. Diana was ostracised from the family. Harry has been to. Diana had all of these victim problems. Harry's doing it too. He's doing it for his mother. Diana was there when he was putting Elizabeth Arden on his cock. You know what I mean? There's an awful lot of Diana's image being invoked in the context of Harry and I wonder if it is deliberate from William, or maybe it's even subconscious. There's a bit of him going, well, hello, you know, all this trauma that is being used to explain Harry's abhorrent behaviour. Look at me, duty, and all of the things I'm doing. And actually, I'm still able to talk about my mum a bit because she was my mum too. Right. And I don't think in the contexts, I don't think it's ill-advised. I, I don't think he's saying it in a way that's, you know, I wish my mother was here or... You know, she should be on the throne next to my dad or anything like that. I think it's just, I think it's actually quite nice in the run up to the coronation that she's being mentioned in the contexts in which, um, and also it was charities that she's close to, comic relief yes. is happening at the moment. And I think it was a comic relief interview. Well, again, you know, he was interviewed about homelessness, which was uh, an issue Their close to. project, yeah. Yeah, she was really close to her heart. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's connected to the coronation. I think if it was connected to anything, it would be a reminder that she actually gave birth to two sons, one who she was acknowledging would be king and one who turns out to have been a whiny windbag. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Christo, we should tell everybody that they should email us with their feedback. Majesty, yeah. T-E-A podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to chime into the show and thank you so much for listening to us this week this was a fun conversation christo it was indeed sending you love sending everyone thanks and finally apologies to Ngozi Falani.